to Tuesday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and com on the Nahum Segal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Yesterday we had a chance with our panel to discuss Pesach products. We have uh, moved the J. Buxbaum Kedem Royal Wine segment of that annual uh, get-together to a separate day so we can concentrate for a few minutes without any pressure on the world of kosher wine for Pesach 5779. He is the world's, and I mean planet Earth's, number one kosher wine sommelier, the one, the only, Jay. Books, bound, but with Israel, you know, crashing into the moon, I mean. Oh, we should say you're intergalactic at this point? Exactly. You you cover outer space as well? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm always out of space. But you've, that many would agree with. <laughs> but you have not had any requests from the moon with the, you know, no questions not about yet, kosher wine yet, for Pesach yet. 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 Because you've pointed out to me that you've been involved over the years with some interesting Pesach programs, in addition to staying home sometimes, right? You, That's right. You've split your, your your kids are basically used to like half and half. You've been home and you've been away, right? And including this year, you're at a very nice Pesach program. Beautiful place. Regal retreats. I believe that's in California, if I'm not mistaken. The Ren- Renaissance in Newport Beach, California. Boy, oh boy. They're completely sold out. Jay, you're going to be living it up, my man. Oh, gosh. I'm nervous. <laughs> Honestly. I think it's going to be great. We're going to have great wine, great people, great friends, good family. But you what should more? warn the California people yeah. that the moment the first Pesach program opens on the moon, you're probably going to be the first wine sommelier they're going to seek. Oh, you're man. going to be the one they're going to go after. I, I what do you do? I mean. What do you uh, mean? The, the, the questions are endless. Come on. You have all the answers. <laughs> you always have the answers. As I said to Rabbi Schoenfeld yesterday, you'll be quoting him all morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I called him last night about Metamucil. So. Ooh. I'm getting ready, baby. <laughs> you're getting ready for Pesach. I'm getting ready. So um, when you say you're nervous, that's because you are going to be servicing, I guess, what, close to 1,000 people, right? That's correct. Over 800 people. Over 800 people. You have placed the wine order, right? Correct. You're basically in charge of, of oh. every wine bottle that comes into that facility. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, what percentage of the bottles are there already? In, in terms of the... Uh, Zero. Nothing's there yet. <laughs> Nothing. I think it's being delivered today. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And they have the space for it over there? They know what... I, I, I don't know. I'll find out when Does I get Does any there. hotel have the space for their wine well, order? You know, it's... It's uh, it's hard. Baruch Hashem. It's, you know... And these days, space is at a premium at these places. You bet. Wow. Um, so you place the order. Right. And, and to a degree, it's a slight guessing game. Sure. Because there are certain wines that you never would think will be really popular this Yontif for your crowd, right? And there are other wines where you say, where you say to yourself, I cannot believe that more people aren't requesting this wine. So it's a, it's a balancing act that it's you've got. a balancing got. act. And, and what's interesting about it is, and, and I think it's very important that operators and people in general who go to Wave Pesach programs know that you really should have, it doesn't have to be me, yeah. but you should have an expert on, on hand. Why? Because if somebody wants a rosé and you don't have it, mm-hmm. you want something that's as close as you can to get to that, right. and a real expert can help you know, make everybody happy or as happy as they can. But you have to admit that in your circle of wine friends, there are very few people who could do this job, right? They're only going to be between five and ten Pesach programs that have someone that's right. like that, that's right? right? That's right. So that's we, we don't have enough people. Every right. year we get more requests than we have people to send. Right. So that's, that makes it difficult. Um, 
And uh, I was about to say something else. Wow. And wine, you know, I, I mean, I, I just did a seminar at Aster Wines, yeah. which is not a yeah. Jewish place. All right. We've heard of it. Um, and I just did a seminar at the Wine Library, cool. also not a Jewish place. Right. I mean, you know, strictly mm-hmm. kosher. And, and you know, what makes Pesach different? Because none of these people had yarmulkes on, you know. They were just kind of interested in the holiday, right. et cetera. And what makes... What makes Pesach different? I asked them the following question. What's the most important Jewish holiday? So everybody knows that. Oh, Yom Kippur, right. right? What's the second most Jewish? Oh, everybody knows that. It's Rosh Hashanah. What's the third most? Now, that's questionable. It could be Sukkot. It could be Pesach, right? But you know what the most celebrated is by far? Pesach. Why? So I said, what do you of, have to do? Food. Why? Do, what do you have to do in order to participate in Yom Kippur? Show up to Shul and, and Davin and fast. <laughs> what do you have to do in order to celebrate Rosh Hashanah? Lots of time. Show to up shul. to Shul and Davin. You know what do you have to do to celebrate Sukkot? Show up to Shul, eat in the Sukkot. That's true. Okay, a little bit of an inconvenience. A little bit, yeah, right. A little bit of it depends if it's definitely cold or if right. it's raining. Right. What do you have to do to celebrate Pesach? Show up and eat and drink, right. you know, and spend time with friends and family. So that's why it's that so is popular. The, you know, that's why it's so popular. And But the point is that there's only two requirements at the Seder table. Only two. Matzah. Matzah and? Mara. And wine. Oh. <laughs> there goes my wine education. There you go. Matzah and wine. I, I'm ashamed. And you're, the you're, you're the vice I just learned. Actually, I just learned that last night with my nephew, Nachi. We did uh, I mean, a chinuch. You know, we did the chinuch. And, uh, yeah, the four kosos, according to the chinuch, four kosos and matzah are the two. uh, Well, then I have failed in front of the vice president of wine education. I apologize. Well, I say that, by the way, that statement I just made is with, ask your local rabbi first, don't listen to me. Yeah. I was just I was just going with the traditional quote that you have yeah. to have matzah mara. I forgot all about your most important. Yeah, that's part. true. You do have your most important part absolutely. of the seder, which is the wine, of course. Um, anyway, so any it all starts with the wine, the first cup right. or the first act during the seder. Well, the haggadah is is actually the most is the most important thing, but that, that doesn't involve right. consuming you know consuming something. Right. You know. I asked somebody to stop by Friday night. Yeah, and um, I said just beware. That there probably won't be anything to eat till about ten thirty. <laughs> they're like, "What? <laughs> you're starting the seder like eight forty-five, right, right, right. you're not even going to eat till ten thirty? I'm like, I'm tell- I said, "Listen to me. I know how to navigate these seders. Do yourself a favor. Stay away for the first couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you an inside. Get tip. something to eat first. You know, <laughs> I'm giving you an. I'm in- with a forspies. <laughs> I'm giving you an inside tip. I hear. <laughs> you know, this is what time you should show up. And trust me, if you're early, you're going to regret it. <laughs> I hear you. Just kidding, of course, because of course, just because the telling and analysis of the uh, Exodus from Egypt is, as you just pointed out, a very key part. The key to, part. The key part to say you got it to Levincha, right? That's right. So, and it's not uh, it's not just to your children. And, you know, I, I learned something interesting last night, which I probably knew before, which is that even if you have no one else at the Seder, it's only you. Right. Say it out loud and say it proud. That's right. And just re-educate yourself. Re-educate yourself about exactly. all the nuances of. Of God's uh, uh, generosity to the Jewish people. Jay Buxbaum is here as the Vice President of Wine Education at the Royal Wine Corporation, Kedem. He'll be in California for Pesach. He is getting set to head out there. But I did ask him before he goes to the airport, please stop by at JMNAM so we can at least discuss a couple of things that are important sure. to this audience. I am asking everybody out there who wants to participate by phone, 212-529-4620. If you have a question for Jay, 212 Five two nine four six twenty. If you want to email us, like some people already have, 
Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at NahumSiegel.com. And, of course, you can comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. It's interesting that both of us have um, – oh, someone just commented on the app. Can't Looking forward to meeting Jay at Regal. Can't wait to be educated. Wow, great. Boy, oh, boy. We're also going to be doing four seminars there. Wow. Yeah. They got you working. They got me working. That's no, fine. I, I, that I love to do. I love you, to. You ain't going to relax till day one of Cholamoid. <laughs> really? I don't you think, think so. I'm going to relax day one of Cholamoid? <laughs> well, what I, what I remember from the Pesach programs is the, the wine part of The hardest Pes- wine part is the first two days. Right. That's true. The wine part's not That's that complicated. That's the hardest part. Cholamoid, is it? But still, I want to be sure that even during lunch, even during right. dinner on Cholamoid, people have what they That's need and what true. they want. I think I'm doing a seminar. In the when they're at the poolside barbecue, you want them to have the right glass of red wine. Uh, it's the right glass of wine for them. Whoa. It doesn't have to be red. Wow. doesn't even have to be red at the Seder, according to many. Right, but you've also pointed out that if you're going to use non-red wine, try to try to put a little bit of red wine in the cup, right? That you, you've Make said everybody that. happy. You've said that over the years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make as Jay Booksman would say. Hey, look at this. We have identical books called the Royal Wine 2019 Wine Portfolio. That's right. We're both cheating by looking at uh, the wine Bible during this conversation. Yeah, How do you like you that? Go. One thing I noticed. Shut this off. One thing I noticed, by the way, yeah. is that every region of the world, it seems, is represented by the work that you do. You have plenty of wines from California and New York. An incredible array from France and, of course, Israel. And we should emphasize that you'd love to see more and more people use Israeli wine products uh, during the Seder and throughout the entire Yontif. Uh, and then, of course, you toss in places like Italy and Chile and Australia. You've got you got a venerable in Canada and Canadian wine as well for the first time. Well, pretty it's amazing. Third year or something. Yeah. Boy, the whole thing is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure where to begin. We will get to the questions in a minute. But uh, is there anything new? Anything you want to mention to this audience? That's different this time around. That the uh, that you've seen over the last year as you travel the world and and sell all these delicious wines. I know that our friends at Covenant have some new stuff. I know that our friends at Psagot introduced some amazing brand new ones that we're really enjoying. I mean, every one of the wineries you're dealing with is they are constantly looking to update their portfolio. I, right? I, you know, I was telling somebody yesterday that especially when it comes to Israeli wines, and and this is also true, frankly, of the Herzogs and the Herzog Wine Cellar wines. It's amazing to me that every, you know, I just tasted a a wine, which I can't talk about yet because it hasn't been brought in, Mm. but I just tasted a wine with a a new name and a new concept, blah, 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 out of Israel, and I I tasted it over Shabbos. It was a barrel sample. It was unbelievable, unbelievable, and it had an unbelievably interesting name, and it amazes me that with the hundreds and now probably going on a 1,000 different wines, they continue to be innovative. They continue to be something new and edgy and different and fresh and better and more. It just, it's just amazing to me. Are you allowed to reveal how many varieties you're taking out to California for your for the patrons at the program? Or? We're taking something like 200 varieties. There will be now. 200 different types of wine. So. I think That's in addition to the basics that you need for 800-plus right. people for the Seders. Right. You're going to have the Moscato, and you're going right. to have the Kiddush wine, and you're going to have you know some Basic, I'm um, some basic, some really good, excellent Cabernets and Chardonnays. Plus, I would assume that there are different varieties of grape juice now as well that you have yep, to take out with there you. There is. Because there's light grape juice there's and there's light grape white juice. grape juice. A lot of questions about light grape juice. It's absolutely kosher for Pesach, according to all the days that we have. Uh, uh, 
know, um, Gemara talks all the time about how they diluted wine. In fact, even the Chinuch last night, I realized, said, you know, there's also pratim on how much you can dilute. So any question about today that the amount of dilution, both in grape juice and in any wine that we might have, mm. like, for example, the Kiddush wines have a little bit of sugar in them, so you might want to call that a dilution, is way, way below the minimum, um, the minimum, you know, the maximum that you're allowed. Way Got below. Got it. Um, is this in alphabetical order? No. So how do it's I? It's country order. It's in country. So where, where's Joy Vin made? Where's those? Uh... Italy. Seriously? Yeah. Those are Italian wines. Mm-hmm. How did I not know that? I'll tell you why I'm asking in a second. Once I find it here. Okay. Um, th- there are a variety. Look under Rashi, which is uh, on the first page. You know, there are a variety. Go ahead. Of different sangrias out there. And the, you, you walk into a kosher wine store, right? Right. You're going to see a, a variety of sangrias. Right. Um, as you know, I'm a sweet wine expert. Right. This is my, that's my it's my wheelhouse, Jay. Okay. And this Joy Vince, I, I hope I'm right. You know, I'm so tired <laughs> this week. I hope I'm actually remembering it yeah, correctly. Page 88. Is it my right that there's a, yeah. a, a Joy Vince sangria? Yes. Am I right about that? Yes. Uh, you tell me Italy and I'm looking at France. No wonder I'm not. Uh, Page 88. No, that's the that's the Rashi one. That's the Rashi one, right? But that's oh. not the one I'm looking for. Oh, the, oh, the I'm one looking, you're looking for the joy for is. Uh, let's see. I'll you said that's Italy. That's correct. All right, give me a second here. I'm going to search for it. I'm about to give an unbelievable recommendation to this audience, but I don't think, and don't spoil it. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong yet. I don't think it's a good recommendation for Pesach. That is correct. Uh, oh, did okay. I just tell I'm you sorry. something? Guy ruins my whole act. Uh, <laughs> Here's the Bartonura. Why am I having so much trouble finding it? Oh, you know what? I'm having trouble finding it, too. You know what? I have an appendix here in the back, and this might actually help me in, uh, let's see here. Um, is it possible it's a different one? Is no. it possible that it's from a different country or a different state? No, it's definitely not. Definitely not? Um. Okay. Is it possible it didn't make the book? It didn't make the. It did not make the book. All right. So I am going to recommend to everybody the Joy Vin Sangria because I've tried all of them. What would you say? Four to five kosher sangrias out there. There's like four to yeah. five, right? Yeah. So I've tried them all. Uh, I believe Joy Vin is is just spectacular if you like that really good sweet fruity wine right now the only problem with that is that i'm recommending an of pesach and it's not kosher of pesach that is correct? correct but i will say one thing that people need to be aware of most of the kosher sangrias are shahakal correct the, no they're not no they're agafen all all the all the sang, all the kosher sangrias are agafen jay are you positive about yes that? i am you can make kiddish on any kosher sangria. Here, it's it's on page uh, eighty six. Eighty six. Hang on. You can make kiddish on any kosher sangria. Yeah, but you can't. But the Rashi sangria, as an example, and the um, Spanish sangria, as an example, are not LV. Are not kosher for Pesach. And neither is the joy. Not Vin. recommended for Pesach. And neither is the joy Vin. That is correct. Right. So there is as far well, as I'm saying. I'm I'm said. I'm, what I meant was by the Rashi joy Vin. The Rashi New York State sangria is, in fact, kosher for Pesach. Ah, okay. So there is a kosher. Let's, let's be very clear. Right. So there is the Rashi a, right. Joy Vin. I'm sorry. The Rashi sangria. sangria that is made in New York State 
and says OUP on the label is kosher of Pesach. Pesach. The one I was talking about, the Joy Vin, is not kosher of Pesach. That is correct, even though it's under the Rashi. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's not real. Oh, I see. Because Rashi Joy Vin, so now I understand. Now I see how this works. Okay, now I get it. All right, anyways, I was making that recommendation because every time you come in here, I try to tell you what I've been into lately, and that has been my There's also another... another um, Nuance, winky dinky, you know what do you call it? Thing that you got to be careful about this year. Uh oh. And that is, is that, uh, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful new addition, but you got to be careful how you use it. And that is, we have a sangria grape juice. Right. Kedem, Kedem right. sangria grape juice. It clearly says on the label Birchas Shahakol. Correct. Clearly, and so it is not recommended. Not recommended. Cannot be used for the seder. Right, and uh, it's wonderful, but it cannot be used for the seder. And if you want to have some fun with it, and of course adults only, twenty-one over, take it. Uh, put some kosher. There you go, sparkling sangria. Put some. He's got it all for all those commercials that you're doing. Are you for kidding us, me? Right? And put some, you know, vo- you know, kosher vodka in it, maybe, and make a sangria during the week. But it's wow, always shahako. because there is a kosher pesach vodka. Yes. One brand or more? Several. Seriously? Nine is a wonderful one. Wow. Kedem is a wonderful one. Kedem Sangria, 100% pure juice. The bracha is shahakal. Right. It's not alcoholic and no sugar artificial coloring. <laughs> it's delicious for any occasion. And there's a Kedem Sparkling Sangria. Again, it's OUP, 100% juice, alcohol-free, no sugar added, and delicious for any Passover occasion. Look forward today. Kedem Sparkling Sangria. And Kedem Sangria, but as Jay just mentioned, remember, the bracha is shahakal. So it cannot be used for the Seder. Woo! Glad we covered that. Yeah. Questions for Jay Bookspam, Nachum at NachumSiegel.com, Nachum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at NachumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. I wish, here's why I really wish I knew something about kosher wine. I have a million comments here, and I don't know what these references are, but chances are you do. Uh, are there any Passover red wines that do not have tannins? Most red wines make me sleepy. What do you say? Okay, so let me a- answer the second part first because okay. I'm Jewish, so I always have to do everything well, backwards, obviously. You know, left to right or right to left or whatever. But anyway, uh, wines that make you sleepy, there are two reasons why wines can make you sleepy. The first and foremost reason is alcohol. Low the alcohol, less sleepiness. Hmm. It's, a, it's a suppressant, okay? Alcohol, right. so lower the alcohol, lower the sweet, lower the sleepiness. The other thing that makes me sleepy, and this is when I eat anything, is uh, carbohydrates and sugar. So h- lower the sugar, lower the sleepiness. So there you go. That's the answer to your. Uh, as far as no tannins, <clears throat> um, yes, uh, white wines generally have less tannins because tannins mostly come from what we call the phenolics, which are the skins and the seeds. Just a big word that you, know, you can use at your next cocktail party. Uh, so those those phenolics, the skins and the seeds, mostly the skins, have these tannins, less wine contact or less juice contact with those, which is white wines to a great degree, and rosés have less tannins. All right. Uh, these, By the way, these initial comments and questions are coming from our app. You can feel free to put your question or comment in the NSN app in the comment section. This listener writes, Malbec recommendations. Ah, wonderful. The best Malbec, in my opinion, comes from South America. But there's also a Malbec, and that's from the Alfazi family of wines. There's also a Malbec 
um, Grand Malbec, which is magnificent, which comes from Argentina. It's called the Grand Malbec, Fletches de los Andes. And um, there's also a really nice Malbec that's coming from Israel for, and not expensive, about 10 bucks, 12 bucks from, uh, from um, what do you call it, from uh, uh, Barkan. And even Herzog now has a Malbec under the Herzog label. This listener on the app asks, could you comment on Dalton Pink? I can comment on Dalton Pink. I, I don't know the wine intimately because I have not tasted it. Dalton generally makes consistently good wines. Uh, it is not one of mine, but they are good people and they make good wines. And I imagine that their Dalton Pink is probably a good wine too. Um, from Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, feel free to email us, Nahum, N-A-C-H-U-M, at NahumSiegel, N-A-C-H-U-M-S-E-G-A-L.com. Listener Ellie says, could you please explain, Jay, the difference between Kedem Matukal and Kedem Estates in terms of their sugar and alcohol content and how each might be suitable for people with low tolerance for both those things. Okay, so Matukal is the lowest uh, the lowest alcohol we have besides Kedem Kal, Concord Kal. Yeah. And the difference, I think the difference between the Matukal is that, and the Kedem Kal is that, uh, the regular Kedem Kal is that um, it has less sugar, but the Kedem Estates definitely has the least amount of sugar, and but, on the other hand, Kedem Estates are higher in alcohol. How come I don't know that about Kedem Estates? So if I use Kedem Estates, I'll have the same type of reaction I would have from uh, from the uh, from the Matukal? No, no, it's higher in alcohol. Oh, it is higher in alcohol. Higher in alcohol. Kal means light, so and that light, that word Kal in this respect is referring to the alcohol level. All right, so opinion. there's Concord Kal, lowest alcohol right. of the actual wines. Uh, Kedem Estates is, is somewhere above that, correct? Matuk. And Kyle. Matuk would be in between. Right. Right. So, and when you say Matuk, you mean Matuk Soft Rouge and all those? No, are, Matuk. Yeah. That's what you mean, right? Concord Kal, lowest. Matuk in the middle. Kedem Estates after that. Correct. And once you get above that, you're talking about yeah, really- Yeah, Kedem Estates is almost virtually dry. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of sweetness, but it's mostly dry. Oh, I didn't realize that. So it's not in the sweet wine family, basically. No. Uh, listen to Ruvain. I bought the Lineage Rosé for the first two cups. What kind of wine would you recommend for the second two cups? Well, first of all, I have to laud you because somebody asked me yesterday. I was at Skyview Wine, which are also great people and a great store to go to if you have your last-minute shopping and see Gary or, or whatever. But, but I will tell you, people on the floor, consumers ask me, what am I going to have? And I said I'm going to start with the lineage, with the lineage rosé, and the reason for that is it's on an empty stomach. Yeah. It is pink, so you got the red thing in there. It's really delicious and well balanced. Uh, it's it's just a great wine to start with. Um, I think for the second cup, uh, I'm going to have something heavy, heavier, and that's because the second cup goes into the meal. So I'm going to use the second cup to continue with, so that I can have my, you know chicken or whatever that I'm having, my richer foods with that second cup. For the third cup, I'm going to have a Pinot Noir. Mm. And the reason I'm going to have a Pinot Noir, it's a red wine, but also, and it might actually be the lineage Pinot Noir. Uh, it's a red wine, but it's a lighter red wine. And the reason why it's a lighter red wine, going back to the first comment that one of your first uh, 
questions of mm-hmm. the day, is that it's lower in tannins. And the reason it's lower in tannins is because Pinot Noir grape skins are thinner and have less tannins in them to begin with. So even though the juice spends time with the with the phenolics, which is the skins, it actually extracts less tannins because there's less tannins to extract. So that's a lighter wine going to the third coast, which you're already finished with the meal on. And then, you know, that's that's benching, right? And then, uh, and for the fourth coast, not sure yet. <laughs> uh, it's ha- it's going to be a, you know. How do you know you're going to have an opportunity to sit during the Seder? Are you planning on having an, your own Seder once the Seder ends at the hotel? <laughs> Have you done I tell that? this to people all the time, and uh, you know I don't mind because thank God Dove and, and Leah are just wonderful people. I'm so glad to be with them; uh, they're good friends, and and we're gonna have a great time. But I probably will sit down to my seder somewhere around ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Right. <laughs> I'll sit down That's when start. they're starting to when they're starting to vacuum around <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> but no, but I I'm looking forward to it, and um, um, yeah. I think it'll be great. I think, you know, we'll start off with some kiddish, and then I'm going to be running the floor. So, When's your big meeting with the staff when you're going to have to tell the hotel staff that this is going to be a unique group, that this is going to be a harder job and a later job than you guys are used to when it comes to your banquet service at the it's hotel? It's so interesting that you say that. First of all, we have a really, really wonderful backup this year. It's the people at Main Event, Eddie Izzo and his oh. whole crowd. Wonderful, wonderful people. Um and, well, they know and, what they're doing. So they really know what they're doing. But whenever you go to a new hotel, and this is a new hotel, the staff is like, especially in a good hotel, they're, they're on it. No. <laughs> you know, you know. oh, people are sitting down. Okay, get ready to serve them the meal, you know. And, and actually, an hour and a half later. They're serving. <laughs> you know. So, yes, we're going to have to have that discussion with them. And that's going to be one big team meeting. Yeah. How does that end? Does that end with a big go team? Like, how does that uh... – Everybody put their hands in the middle, and you know they like you, you pray for victory. Like, how does it work? Everybody's like vigorously writing notes. I can't do this. I have to do that. I can't touch that. I have to do this. You know, God, be careful. Don't take the Kara away. You know. And on top of that, you're dealing with wine. Oh yeah. You have a hundred other sensitive issues you got to deal right. with when dealing with staff that are not necessarily familiar with our tradition. That's right. That's right. When do you get there? Thursday morning. I'm gonna get there, God willing, sometime Wednesday. Tomorrow. Wow. Lucky we got you here. Yeah. You're practically on your way to the airport. I practically am. Hey, look at this. Somebody writes on our app, regards from Jay's backgammon nemesis. Wow. Those are those are heavy words. David. Those are Doctor David. He's are you in Israel, Doctor David? He might be. I know he, he, I he know goes sometimes can, for Peso. You know. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing though, Jay, those are uh, those are fighting words. Unless it's maybe Doctor Doctor Morris. Could be Doctor Morris. No, I know who it is, Doctor David. Oh, it's Doctor yeah. David, yeah. You take that as fighting words? I, I just want to know, Dr. David, did you actually bike to Israel this year? <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Very, he probably biked to the airport knowing him. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, listener Nahum, ironically enough, asks, is there a sugar-free grape juice for people with diabetes? Okay, so as a, as a rule, grape juice has no sugar. Uh, Kedem grape juice has no sugar in it. Right. That does not mean it doesn't have any sucrose, meaning that it has natural sugar from the grape juice itself. Um, it sometimes also has some concentrate in order to balance it out, but that concentrate, again, is all natural sucrose. It's from uh, sugar. So what I would suggest for someone who's watching their sugar, and again, ask your local rabbi, but certainly not local rabbi, ask your local doctor, 
but certainly this is a good suggestion, is use the light grape juice, which is diluted, but not to the extent that it's not usable for the arbacosis and certainly for boropriagofen, according to our rabbanim, and it also has less sugar. One of the things I noticed about the uh, recent wine portfolio it is amazing the number of wines that are now coming from Israel. This portfolio would be half the size if not for Israel. This portfolio is about eight months old, and it's completely <laughs> – I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm just exaggerating. Is it obsolete? But it's, it's not obsolete, but it's out of date. There are now – from the time that this was printed about eight, nine months ago until now, there's probably a hundred more different wines that should now be included. How many of them you think are from Israel, those hundred? You have any uh, idea? Probably 20, 30. Good, a, good, a good heavy percentage. Uh, and, and, and a whole bunch from California, from the Herzog Wine Cellars, lineage and all kinds of good stuff. Years ago, Some you and I had, had more than one conversation about different vintages. Uh, are there still disappointing vintages? Are there still recent wines that have come out? where you're, I, I'd, you're, like, I'd like to look at it as there are certain stellar vintages instead of looking at the negative ones. I understand, but are, are there wines that you've tasted recently knowing that they've had some stellar ones in recent years and you said, wow, nature or God was just not as friendly to yes, them this year? Yes, yes, And you could tell that difference. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you one right now, which is interesting, very interesting. Uh, the 15 vintage of Israel has... Across the board? Across the board. does not hold a candle to the 16 vintage. And what's interesting about that, and hear me loud and clear, is that the 15 vintage was Shemitah. And the 16 vintage, the one that followed it, which is not Shemitah, was stupendous, was enormous and amazing. And usually, you know, when it's an enormous vintage, it means that the, the, the grapes are watered down somewhat. But it wasn't. It was big and wonderful at the same time, and much better, according to the vintners in Israel, and much better than the than the vintage prior, than the 15. And what are 17 and 18 going to be like? Uh, let's find out. I don't know. We don't know yet, for it, sure. But, but, you probably- but we, we probably believe that the 17 is not as good as the 16. The 18 is looking as good, maybe not quite as good, but really great, too. And this is all because your winemakers in Israel— give you this preview oh yeah in other words you really walk in a little bit expecting that what i taste from that specific vintage is going to be outstanding because you've been told this all in advance right by those who are making the wine and, you know and it's so important what of what you just said you know the expectation of what people have before they taste wine is often how it ends up tasting which is not it's not necessarily good you know they should right. keep their mouth shut and and you should judge it for yourself. But I will tell you, over the years, if you really, and you don't have to be a, a professional for this, if you really just love wine um, and you just taste and, and experiment with it, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what anybody says, you'll be able to tell whether it's a good vintage or not. Interesting. Um, great, some great vintages from Israel. I mean, some, some great production from Israel from the 16th are the, and not, not that very expensive, are the Flaum Classico. What an amazing buy. I just had, I just spent a week with him in, I think I told you this, spent a week with him in Mexico, uh, Panama, Miami, and Boca, doing a whole series of tastings. And even though it's the least expensive wine he has, I'm not saying it's the richest. Right, price-wise. But but amazing bottle of wine and so long-lived, meaning it's a wine that you can lay away, even though it's only about between... You know, twenty eight and thirty five dollars, depending on where you're going to buy it. 
what the wine taste? What yeah. what wine tastes? You just mentioned mentioned some of the countries you were in recently. Which ones have been surprising to you in terms of their attendance? That people actually came out and were curious about kosher wine. Mexico was amazing. Mexico was just amazing. I mean, we had forty people. We couldn't fit more in the room, uh, and it was just the the growth in interest of good kosher wines. And you know what's really exciting about it too, uh, especially in Mexico and somewhat in Panama, is that a lot of these people are observant, especially Sephardim. Uh, this is not Lushnar. On the contrary, this is really wonderful. And some of them are coming to become more observant. Right. And they still haven't fully given up their non-kosher wines because they're, you know, wine snobs, so to speak. Right. And then they come to these tastings and they go, you know what? <laughs> I think I can give up my non-kosher wines. I can make this move. I can make this work, you know? So it's really nice. Uh, Moshe Tzvi in Chicago asks, is the grape juice concentrate listed on the Kedem labels all natural sugar, or is there actual juice added? His question is is not... Let me clarify his question for him. <laughs> what is grape juice concentrate? Okay, so grape juice concentrate is fructose. Meaning that it's 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 sugar, right. but it's sugar in the form of a concentrate from juice. So there is no cane sugar in it whatsoever. So I don't know if that's what he's asking. I think so because so uh, there's no cane sugar in it whatsoever. It's concentrate. There is no sugar, or you know, there is no sugar added. Yeah, when he said, "Is there actual juice added?" I think he meant, "Is there actual sugar added?" That's what I think. Yeah, I think so. All right. So, so, so yes, the answer is no sugar is added. It's concentrate and and a slurry of a little bit water to go with it in order to give the concentrate some, you know, some <clears throat> some dilution capability, and and that's that's the way it works. How do they make sure that the grape juice tastes the same batch after batch? Well, after that batch? that's why that's why. You'll see it. There are some years that there is no concentrate added at all, and that's why they do it. They do it so that it will be consistent from year to year because, like you said, see, with wine, it's okay for there to be some inconsistencies right. in the quality like or, in the, the vintage, or right? in the richness or yeah. whatever because people are that's their expectation. Mm -hmm. But with grape juice, that's not their expectation. They want it to be the right. same year after year, vintage after vintage, so we have to sometimes... But the, but those of us bit. who have a sweet tooth at the Shabbos and Yontif table, yeah, we could tell when there's a really good batch of grape juice. I'm being serious. I, I, I will tell when I it's will really well, really well, first sweet. Well, first of all, first of all, the earlier in the in that vintage year that the grape juice is is sent out, if you there, have stuff that was just bottled, oh man, it's, it's going to be on the very also, sweet side. Right? Also, I want to make this known, and I I actually just clarify this even for myself, even though I've been with the Baruch Hashem. With the with the Herzogs for thirty year over thirty years. Wow. <clears throat> the one point five liter, and this is very important for your listeners to hear, the one point five liter grape juice in a glass bottle, and that's really the only one point five liter we have, but the one point five liter in the glass bottle is not Mavushal according to all Deos, <clears throat> according to everybody, and has no sugar I'm sorry, has no concentrate added whatsoever. So that, every batch, every batch. So that can vary a little bit, but it's all a hundred percent squeezed grape juice. Any other size is Mavushal. Yes, any, even the minis, everything. Right, according to some, but yes, according to the OU, every other size is Mavushal. Right. Um. All right. Well, there you have it. 
wishing everybody a wonderful, happy, healthy Zisan Pesach. And who's, who's writing that? I can, Well, I'm saying it because we're going to wrap it up. But I'll tell you that uh, I've asked you this question for, you know, you said you're with Kedem for 30 years. You know how many years you're with us? About the same. You're with us. You're with us over 25 years, which is pretty amazing. And I always ask you this, and there's probably no way to even guess, but the number of bottles on Pesach Seder tables this coming Friday night around the world that you and the Herzogs have something to do with is uh, people would not, I mean, you don't even know the statistic, but people, including you, wouldn't believe it if you didn't know it, right? I think the, I think the, I'm going to tell the story that I've, I think I've mentioned before. I get a little choked up about it, but, you know, Reb Feish Herzog, who is Nathan Herzog's, Yoichi Herzog's father, uh, in the first national sales meeting that I brought together at Kedem, which they, Early 90s. Early 90s. Um, maybe even earlier. Yeah, earlier. Late 80s, actually. Late 80s, right. right. First national sales meeting. I had everybody talk about their part of the business. That was part of the national sales meeting so that the salespeople around the around New York and around the country should understand what goes in to what they're doing on the street, you know? So the guy from accounts payable said, you know, make sure, we got to make sure we pay our bills. And the guy from accounts receivable, guys, you got to make sure that we get paid so we can pay our bills. And the guy in production explained how the production works and how the intense, you know, all the different moving parts work. And the guy in the warehouse talked about how it was delivered and da, 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 and so on and so forth. And the guy from compliance, because when you're in the wine business, right. oh my gosh. A lot gosh, of rules and regulations. Labels and oh, all kinds of stuff. And then Rip Feisch, <clears throat> who was there to talk about operations, right. he said, okay, so now Rip Feisch is going to talk about operations. And he gets up there and he says, Gentlemen and ladies, and actually we even had ladies in those days <laughs> when it wasn't so fashionable for a you know for a nice Jewish company we were pretty progressive and we had some lady salespeople. He said, "I want you to know you're expecting me to talk about operations. I'm not going to talk about operations. I'm going to talk about the business we're in." He said, "We're not in the wine business," and everybody's looking at him with their jaws dropping. And what do you mean? Well, of course we're in the wine business, or maybe the grape juice business and the wine business. He says, "No, no, no. we're in." The bris business. We're in the wedding business. We're in the sheva bracha business. We're in the bar mitzvah business. The bat mitzvah business. We're in the anniversary business. You know, the thing, all celebrations. All celebrations. And I, I cannot tell you how inspiring that was. And I cannot, in reference to your question about how many bottles of wine go on the seder table, just think about the gratitude, the sheva chanadah that I have to the Lord above for allowing me to be part of this wonderful journey that we are bringing so much, hopefully good wine, <laughs> to so many people throughout the world. There are 15, 15 or 16 million Jews around, around the world. Right. We estimate that um, about, and this is a high number, about 50 or 60 percent is the only time I was this happens. 50. I was thinking about 50. fifty or 60% actually participate in some way right. during the Passover holiday, right. even though only 20% are observant, right. but about 50, 60%. So if you take 7 million people and each one of them has a glass of wine, <laughs> and assuming that, I don't even want to talk about the percentages, I don't want to give any eye and hers, assuming that we have a large percentage of those wines that we have something to do with, both here and in Israel and around the world. You're talking about 
oh my gosh, millions and millions and millions of, of glasses of wine that, that we have something to do with for this uh, coming Seder. Which so is amazing. Very, very grateful. And, and most importantly, we should all pray that next year we share those wines together in Jerusalem. Amen. Enjoy your Pesach. Thank you. Chag Kasher Sameach, And thank you for all the education you give us as the Vice President of Wine Education at Royal Wine Kedem. He is the world's number one. And today we determine not just the world, but the entire solar system's number I heard one. A great, I have to tell you a great line. Yeah. Somebody, we just, I just got a, uh, it, my friend uh, Doc Morris and I just got an email from a, a guy we used to learn with every Shabbos, uh, Dr. Blaschka, who now lives in Eretz Yisrael. And, and he said, he was kind of talking about the, um, uh, the uh, election in Israel. And he was, he was voicing some concerns, whatever. And Dr. Mars said, you never have to worry about concerns about Israel because while the Arabs are crashing their cars into bus stops, we're crashing satellites into the moon, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so you're talking about not only the world, that's why that was the segue. For Correct. The spaceship, that, spaceship uh, that almost... The- Almost landed flawlessly. You know, their their own worst enemies, the our enemies are their own worst enemies. That's an understatement. Uh, he is the world's number one, and the solar system's number one kosher wine sommelier. The number one man is the uh, the great Jay Books, Bama Kusher, and Zisen Pesach to you all. To say the least. More coming up. It's an amazing and exciting Pesach week at JM in the AM. <laughs> 